This is the Thrive Podcast with Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church. And now, Pastor Fred Jeff Smith. Hello, welcome to the 27th edition of the Thrive Podcast with the Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church. I'm Fred Jeff Smith, pastor of Shiloh, and I'm very happy that you took the time to share with us either uh, via uh, iTunes or via our YouTube channel. Uh, And I'm very grateful today to have as our guest, uh, Mr. Howard Hall. How you doing? Good to see you, sir. Yeah, you too, man. Thank you, you for having me on. A, a local radio personality with Cumulus Radio, 94.1 and 106.5 also. That's correct. And you are a stand-up touring, a touring stand-up comedian. Let me, let me get yes. it right. And uh, I'm very grateful that you took the time to come and share with us today. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed to even have an opportunity, man. Thank y'all. Tell me something about radio. All right. Uh, uh, I had... Tony King here a couple weeks yeah. ago, and uh, I enjoyed that conversation mm-hmm. very much. I have to confess, I don't listen to local radio. Uh, I'm, I'm 56 years old, almost almost 57. When I get in my car, I have Sirius uh, in the car. I don't listen to the radio at all at home. You're not alone. Uh, so I'm wondering, what is the status of local radio these days? Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. We are, I think it's dying out. Uh, honestly, uh, only because the platform right now is not being utilized. I believe it could be utilized very differently. Uh, it's not seen the same, especially since you got different methods and different uh, ways to get either your message out or different ways to get advertising out. Mm-hmm. Is is so like I can reach you right now strictly through social media. I don't even need to go anywhere else. Why right. would I buy an ad when I could talk directly to you? Right. So it's it's almost like passing the the radio is like almost the middleman between the consumer and the uh and the buyer. So mm-hmm. I mean uh moving that middleman out like the internet has basically said, Hey, we don't need you. We can yeah. go straight there. Yeah. Like I think it's that for radio and I think it's that for music. That's Music is seeing it and radio, and you know, music and radio kind of tie each other together. Right. So the same thing music is seeing, same thing radio is gonna see. Hmm. So I'm 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 not unique in this. No, younger no. people don't listen to radio with no. greater frequency than people my age. No, how it hurts to for me to not put myself in the group with younger people. I know. But, uh, <laughs> truth, truth is truth. Uh, Shiloh has has a, a weekly radio broadcast that we do on WXOK. Mm-hmm. Uh, I honestly don't know because they don't give me Arbitron numbers. I don't know how many people actually listen. Mm-hmm. But whenever I have threatened to take it off the air, because we're also on television, mm-hmm. we, we also live stream, uh, now we're doing this podcast, I really don't see where I need that. to do the radio piece. But, but whenever I threaten to take it off, mm-hmm. some good sister or brother in the church says, Reb, no, we ain't, we ain't messing with the, with, with the radio broadcast night. You, you, you gonna, Shiloh been on at 2 o'clock on Sunday afternoon for the last 25 years. Mm-hmm. Your father had us on radio yeah. at, at 2 o'clock on Sunday afternoons. You, you're not about to mess with that. So somebody is listening, Somebody's listening. to local radio. radio. Absolutely. Uh, uh, and, and I'm sure that uh, you get recognized because uh, you have a very distinct your voice even if they can't see you they they hear your voice i'm sure right. you get recognized for your radio work yes most of it is actually stand-up work since i've been doing stand-up way more way longer than i did radio but i mean radio has brought me an audience that uh i didn't know i could reach mm-hmm. 
um, especially like being on two stations. So that's the younger generation. And uh, I'm also still reaching, you know, people that's in my demographic and older. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's what it, I mean, normally I won't get that reach at a full comedy show sometimes. Some, sometimes it's super young, sometimes it's super old, depending on what event I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Radio lets me grab all of that. Uh, hopefully, while they're listening, okay, you know, like hopefully, uh, especially since like I, I mean, I got in the radio, and I can honestly say this for talk radio. That's what I wanted to do. Okay, uh, I wanted my own show. I you wanted, wanted to be Larry show. King. Is, is 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 that your kind of talk more, radio? More Russell so, Russell Limbaugh type talk radio. <laughs> <laughs> I glad well, you laugh when I you, said if, that. If you want me to just lie on radio, <laughs> then yeah. But not more like you know more like the Tom Jonas, the okay. the Ricky Smiley's, the okay, like just have your own show, like your own platform, which means you can talk about what you want to talk about, mm -hmm. the issues that you know affect you or the you know or affect the community that you in, instead mm -hmm. of just you know being a talking head. I don't want to I don't want to do that. And right when I got in, the shift changed. Mm -hmm. Like we have a lot of talent here in Baton Rouge. Mm -hmm. Like I believe. Uh, the Cumulus stations uh, downtown, collectively over all the stations, I think we have the the most talent than any other radio station. Like that doesn't have a morning show or doesn't okay. have a syndicated radio show. Okay. Yet we have enough talent to actually have one or to produce one. But I don't think radio in general wants to put the funds into any more local morning shows on local even talk radio like I don't think they they don't see it as viable okay well that's interesting um you're a stand-up comedian mm -hmm. you're, you're you're a touring stand-up comedian yeah uh I don't know a whole lot about stand-up comedy uh, <laughs> I enjoy stand-up comedy I, I used to just you know I, I said I listen to, to serious radio on, on I, I go to the conversations. I'll keep that on yeah. for for, for three, I could write a whole four and, or five hours. Exactly. To to that. Exactly. And, and I enjoy that. I don't necessarily uh as I get older, I don't necessarily need all of the profanity that comes across right. with with some folk. Although I think sometimes profanity Sometimes the only word you can use yeah, <laughs> you can sometimes. use in certain situations. Yeah. But uh, you know, profanity just for profanity's sake, mm -hmm. uh, I, I think it gets old and tiresome Absolutely. after a while. <sighs> Tell me about stand up comedy. Uh you, you, you see certain documentaries on certain people, mm -hmm. and they talk about the fact that the comedy comes out of pain or comes mm -hmm. out of uh, negative life experiences that you sought to find something positive and you twisted and turned it around. I'm not asking necessarily about your own personal story. I'm asking, as a stand-up comedian who uh, interacts with other stand-up comedians, do you find that to be the case or, or, or what? That, you know, that is the case in, in most stand-up comedians. I'm not saying that... Uh, all of it is dark. Uh, but some of our jokes do come from a dark place. And that dark place may be something we're trying to deal with, and the only way we can deal with it is put it in joke form. Mm -hmm. And every time we do it on stage, you deal with it a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. It's almost mm -hmm. like counseling a little bit. But, uh, yes, I know comedians and myself that have drawn from, like, bad things happening or bad, uh, bad things that happen in your life and transform it into a joke. Mm -hmm. But there's also just plain out joke writing and just plain out just loving the craft and you just mm -hmm. want to do it so i mean do you consider yourself a a social uh justice socially conscious comedian or do i tackle those topics yeah yes. i mean i i used to watch uh 
the guy who comes on HBO, uh, Bill Maher. Bill Maher. I, I used to watch Bill Maher. Mm -hmm. uh, got tired of the self-righteousness after a while. Mm -hmm. But, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, he, he, he is socially conscious, mm -hmm. uh, even though I might not always agree with him. His, his, the framework for all of his comedy is around some kind of social awareness. Right. That's not true of all comedians. That is uh, true. Uh, I used to love Sinbad. Sinbad I still love Sinbad. keeps me laughing yeah. all the time. But you can't say that he's he's socially conscious, uh, or that his material is 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 about social justice issues. So, well, he, where, where, where does your material fall? My into? material literally falls into uh, real life situations. Like I can take a regular situation of me driving somewhere to the grocery store with my wife or something, and I could turn that into a five minute bit because I can find jokes within it. Mm -hmm. Now the the social conscience uh, jokes, I would say my act is not, I should say, constructed around it, but I have bits about it. So, like, I might finish telling a story, mm -hmm. or I might finish telling a bit about, you know, family or something, mm -hmm. and then I can actually bring in the social conscious thing of, like, trying to raise a family while being black in the South. Right. And how hard that is. Like, I can still pull, you know, you can still interject that. Yeah. It doesn't have to be the entire act. I got you. But just to let people know, hey, I'm woke. Yeah. I understand it, but I'm also I can get back to these jokes as well. Some mm -hmm. people like to just stay on that narrow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is it a rough life? Is it? A, I mean, be, being on radio. Uh, you said you do the late night shift, mm -hmm. and then you're in comedy clubs late at night. Yes. Uh, it, do, do you find the scheduling to be a difficult thing to manage? Uh, absolutely. I mean, it's difficult if you like sleep. <laughs> like seriously like you, you you gotta find your time like if you don't find the time in like in between the times like you gotta understand like what you're doing it for like mm -hmm. i know my first love is comedy like if somebody made me choose between comedy and radio comedy's gonna win okay but i know radio is also an avenue for comedy mm -hmm. so it's like i can't put that down i still have to do it because mm -hmm. i i don't know what it may bring and I don't want to put it down right before it's supposed to bring something to me. Plus, God ain't told me to tell me, like, to stop it. So right. I'm going to continue doing it. Right. Uh, but what you got to find out is, like, you got to find a balance. Some people don't have that balance in comedy, family life, radio. Like, you have to. Anybody with a job needs to balance that. Like, mm -hmm. you can't just be over there working turnarounds and overtime and you're not sleeping. And then you're spending time with your family. They on vacation and right. you at work. Right. Yeah, you in no pictures. It's, yeah. it's almost like you, you divorced, <laughs> but you still there. Yeah. 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 So no, nah, I just found the balance, and I mean some some shows I miss out on, uh, and that's okay because I choose to miss out on to either go to my son's basketball game or go practice or something like with him, mm -hmm. or I'll go with my wife somewhere and be like, yeah, I could have did that show in Dallas, but don't worry about it, or. Sometimes I do the, the, the opposite, which means I'll bring my family with me on a gig and turn it into a vacation. Okay. Yeah, so. Okay. You are a father. Yes. You are a husband. Yes. You are a grandfather. Absolutely. Talk about that. Uh, a lot of people uh, are surprised. They're like, you're a grandfather? You're like, how old are you? Like, these are the questions that come right Literally what I just said to you before Absolutely. we started, yes. It was like, grandfather? They were like, grandfather of three? I was like, yeah, I got three grandkids. And they were like, okay, how old are you? And then I tell them 36. Wow. They're like, how old is your oldest? I was like, yeah, my oldest son is 23. How many kids do you have? I have four kids. And he was like, wow. And they all looked shocked. I was like, why are you shocked? Like, this is the natural order of things. You do know that. <laughs> 
<laughs> like that is that is how things happen. It's a uh, natural order, but 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 let's it just is, say that the timeline is the timeline is shrunk. I love giving yeah. people my age and then giving the age of my son and watch that math happen yeah. in their face. Yeah, because their face starts doing. Sure. It was like thirty six minus. So when you were watching my face, what yes, did you it was see? amazing. <laughs> I love it. It happens every time because yeah. I do the joke on stage. Yeah, and I literally just I, I get quiet. One time I said it, and I just continued my my show. And literally eight minutes later, I was like, y'all still thinking about the grandpa <laughs> thing. They was like, yes. Like, they weren't even listening. They was yeah. like, when are you going to get back to it? But uh, I'll, I'll, I'll break it down in, in a quick story. Okay. Uh, met my wife. My wife is six years older than me. Okay. Uh, when I met her, she was uh, recently divorced um, with three kids. When I met her and I married her, you know, those three kids are now my kids. Yes, sir. Uh, we had one more. And uh, I met my oldest son when he was like nine years old. Okay. Uh, he's now 23. He has two beautiful daughters uh, and a son, uh, China, Christian, and Caden. Those are my, uh, whew. I didn't know what, like, grandfather is awesome. They call me Poppy, so. 36 years old and you call Poppy. Yep. Yeah. I know. It happened at 30, so understand how I felt. <laughs> at 30, finding that out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's fabulous. I know, I know. That's it was, fabulous. It was good. It was great material. Yeah. Yeah, I worked it. I worked through it. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, so so being the patriarch of a multi generational family, mm -hmm. uh, being raised in East Baton Rouge Parish, mm -hmm. how do you think things are going in East Baton Rouge Parish? Mm. To be honest, uh, not so well. The direction of it that I saw it coming out of our high school was promising when I was coming out of high school, and that was in 2000. It looked good. Like, it, it did look like we had promise coming, like we had infrastructure that was going to come. Mm -hmm. Like, they kept talking about it, like, mm -hmm. always in the news. Like, uh, if, I mean, even looking at, like, uh, sports at the time, uh, Southern University was doing great. Mm -hmm. LSU was on the rise. Yes. Uh, BRCC was actually growing. We, we, I'm like, okay, this is, this is working out. I, mm -hmm. I wouldn't mind graduating and staying here. Okay. You know, because it could be things to be here. And uh, came back from college. This is around about oh, oh three or four. Where'd you go to school? I went to McNeese State University. Okay. Basketball well, scholarship. Charles. Okay. Yeah. Point guard? Point guard. Okay. Had to. That's the only thing you can do at 5'7". <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to be something else. Yeah. Uh, but I graduated from Glen Oaks. Okay. Uh, and went on to McNeese, and I, I played ball for two years. Okay. Um, and transferred back because my coach switched schools, and I didn't want to do the little round-robin thing. I was like, I'll just come home. And I continued my education at Southern. Okay. So while there, I mean – it still looked promising because, I mean, we still had a, uh, you know, I'm a little bit on the artistic side. Mm -hmm. And I love what we were doing you know, with arts. But then uh, I saw a stalemate in us getting certain opportunities here in the city. I saw the city, like, we'll bid on certain things and just lose it. Mm -hmm. And you don't even know why you lost. They'll just say, mm -hmm. well, we lost the bid. And I'm like, why? Mm -hmm. Or... You try to invent or start things, like even with my uh, friend Terrence. He knows. We've tried to start multiple things here that it just will not catch. And we can leave here, like literally 30, 40 minutes down the road and get ridiculous amount of support. 
in the same things that we're doing here in the city. And we just, I couldn't understand it. I could not understand it. It's baffling. So Baton Rouge, East Baton Rouge Parish, mm -hmm. you don't feel like is uh, fertile ground for creative uh, endeavors. I'm, and I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. I'm asking a question. I don't want to say that it's not. I'm going to just say, I will say that it's shaping up to be that way. Um, I mean, I even saw what they did when they cut the arts, uh, cut the budget on the arts. Right. I was like, <laughs> the one thing in a recession that makes money, the one thing, if they, like, if you can look at the math, mm -hmm. in any recession, the one thing that doesn't go down is entertainment. Because mm -hmm. people want to take their mind off being broke. Right. Basically. It's right. the one thing. And you cut it. Yeah. You cut the one thing. I was like, yeah. that's like, okay. I was like, who are we electing? Mm -hmm. Like who? Like that's when you got to go to that. Like who? Who made that decision? Mm -hmm. And I remember when that happened. I, me and my wife, I think we, I had some shows in Atlanta, and we literally stayed in Atlanta for a week. And she was ready to move. I was like, in a week, mm -hmm. a like she can make a decision. Like I can live here, mm -hmm. just being there a week. And I was like, I could not say no. I, we actually thought about it. Like what, what you actually thought about? Ah, oh, man, my. To be honest, my kids. I want them to see what I saw. I want them to grow up in something that I grew up into. I wanted that to be embedded in them because it, it it taught me something. So you're a native Baton Rouge. Yeah. Your parents are native Baton Rouge. No, okay. they are from Bogalusa, Louisiana. Bogalusa, Louisiana. But both went to Southern University. Okay. Yeah. So. You would encourage your children to attend Southern at the appropriate Absolutely. time? Okay. Uh, and if they said, no, Dad, I want to go pick X. Well, if they got it. a scholarship, they can go. That's <laughs> <laughs> just real. Wow. You sound like my father. Yeah. <clears throat> if you got a scholarship, feel I, I, free. I, I'm a tad bit older than you. When, mm -hmm. when it came time for college, my father and I had this kind of discussion. Really? You're going to really enjoy LSU, son. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he already made the That decision. was the end of the conversation. That was it. That, 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 that was all there was to it. Oh, wow. So, so I knew where you was I was going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because, because I did not have a scholarship saying, come over here. Yeah, come over here. Come no, on, no, 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 no. No. You're going you're to really enjoy LSU. There's son. no college search here. <laughs> no. No, no, no. I've already searched no. it for you. My father is a, is a Southern alum. My mother was working at Southern. Mm. Uh, he told me the flagship university for the state is right across town. Why should you have to go anywhere else? Which was his way of saying, you ain't going nowhere. <laughs> yes, basically. <laughs> you, you, this is where you're going to go. And the way you answer that is with, yes, sir. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that, that's how I ended up at Baton Rouge High, too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was outside playing with my friends. Yeah. He said, Come here. Come, come inside. I came inside. He handed me the newspaper. And they were talking about this new magnet program. Program. Uh, don't you think that'd be a great place to go to school? Translation. You're going, you're going to school, to school there. school there. So, yeah, Dad. That, that'll be a great place. I agree. <laughs> yes, exactly. You know. Those were the kinds of heart-to-heart -heart conversations that we had <laughs> about education at that time. Fantastic. Yeah. That's great. So, so. It's good that you would want to pass that that experience on to your, your children. I mean, your I, I, I've also told them that uh, if college ain't for you, 
You don't have You're to okay go. You're okay with that? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Especially, like, I think in the last 10 years, you can make that. I think between, hmm, I think 2004 and back, mm -hmm. going straight to college is what you were supposed to do. Right. Uh, 2005 to now, you don't need it. Mm -hmm. It's not like if you don't go, you mm -hmm. won't be able to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. No. That's, that's not but you do have to have a work ethic. You and, must and, have a work and ethic. And that's what I keep trying to stress to young people. Uh, you're right. You, you don't necessarily... College is not for everybody. Absolutely. And, and it's okay if college is not for, for you. you. Yes. Uh, I, I get concerned when people seem like they're running from college as opposed to making an a decision choice. Uh, and I get concerned with people who think that their parents and their grandparents are going to take care of them. Right. Even the entire they, lives. Yeah. Yeah. Not going to Because happen. that's not going to happen. No. Uh, but, yeah, you can make it without a college degree today if you're willing to put forth some effort. Right. And, look, and I, I'm, I'm all for, like, I don't, I don't want uh, I should say this is what I'm telling my daughter now. Because uh, I don't want you to be indecisive while collecting debt. No. Right. Don't. Don't be taking on $15,000 loans and you still don't know. Right. Like, for that, just go buy a car. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm serious. Like, just go buy a car yeah. and drive around while you're thinking about what you want to go do. <laughs> don't just be in school making C's and D's wondering, do I right. want to be here? No. If you got to take a year off after high school, take a year. Yeah. Go work, take a year, and see if you really want to do this. Because yeah. it's a lot of kids that just... Yeah, I'm going to just go straight to college. Do you know what you want to do? N no. <laughs> you don't know? Like, that's their answer. Yes. I I have a 23 and a 21-year-old. Oh, yeah, you I, know. I, I know. Yeah. Yes. yes. So what I do you want to do? Man, I'm, I'm, I don't, yeah. you know, just figuring it out. Yeah. Yeah, you still got staff yeah. loans, man. Yeah. They, I was like, do you know, like, as soon as you graduate, they ask for their money. Yes. <laughs> Immediately, like, that is correct. Man, congratulations <laughs> on your bachelor's degree. Yeah. Your first payment is due. Let me introduce you to our collector. He's right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he's right here waiting for and you. And I was like, you gotta, you gotta know that's coming. And yeah. I was like, if you're not ready for that, you yeah. can just work. I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that. If you find joy in that, yeah, do it. Absolutely. Tell me about your personality. Oh, man. I am... You, you, you're a very jovial guy. I'm enjoying this conversation very much. We have never met before. This right. is the first time meeting with each other. Do you have a temper? No. Really? Because most guys who are as upbeat and positive as you are, mm -hmm. you don't want to catch them on a bad day. <sighs> right. But on my bad day, I'm still good. <laughs> you don't want to catch me on my worst day. Okay. Like, it takes a... You can even ask my... I think my wife has seen me, like, very, very, very upset to the point I can't calm them down maybe twice in my... Mm -hmm. In our 11-year marriage. Twice. And I've probably been that mad maybe five times in my life. And it's only because it... I, I've recognized even earlier, like, I'm talking about, like, 16, 15 years old, mm -hmm. that you... I don't want you to control me with what you do or what you say. I'm just not. Like, even when I was playing ball at Glen Oaks, mm -hmm. like, I can be, I remember one time my coach benched me because I wasn't at practice. But I was at an academic thing at LSU mm -hmm. for for the magnet program. So I was like, I'm doing something for the school. Right. He said, well, you in practice, you don't play. Well, I'm just on the bench. Like, hey, I could have been upset vividly. Mm -hmm. I'm just on the end of the bench just tapping my knees. <laughs> 
Because a part of me was like, I had nothing to do with that. And by third quarter, he said, Yep. <laughs> Eventually. He said, Get on in there. Get on in there, man. Yeah. Like, I, I just, that's the way I, I kind of approach situations. I kind of, I even approach like altercations like that. Mm-hmm. Terrence, no. I was like, I can have. Friends don't like each other. He keeps other. referring to Terrence. For those I'm who sorry. don't, who can't, no, that's fine because I do it too. Okay. Terrence Turner is the producer of of, of this podcast. Yes. And he's sitting there behind the camera. Absolutely. That's who you're talking about. A good friend Keep of mine on. too. I'm sorry. Uh, Terrence, no, he he he's seen me in certain situations where I either had friends at odds or or I know of someone that might not like me, and I know of it, and he was like, so that I was like, that don't matter to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they can't say it to my face, I'm cool. Or if we can't talk about it, I'm still cool. It's not gonna mess up my day. All right. I'm, I'm Gucci. <laughs> like, I'm, it, you know, like it's, I'm. I don't know. I don't hold grudges either. That's good. Like, my His wife life hates is too that. Too short for grudges. Who? My wife hates that. You yeah. know that? Oh, yeah. she wanna. She wanna fight. Well, that's because she wants to protect you. I know. She she wants to watch out. I, I've, I've got a wife too. And, oh my god. And I, I do know that they can. Well, to use my wife's term. I will cut you. <laughs> yes. Perfect. That's perfect. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. She don't understand. We can have an argument. I ain't going to say argument. A discussion. Because mm-hmm. we don't... I think we maybe argued twice in our marriage. Right? But we had a discussion. And she's just mad. It's mm-hmm. still on her. And 15 minutes later, I'm like, hey, baby, you, what you want to cook, man? Like, he said, we should just go out and do something. She was like... No. <laughs> Do you know what we just did? I said, yeah, we just finished the discussion. We came to a conclusion. I know you feel, you know, sour about that, but that doesn't have to carry on to anything else. Why Why are you still holding up? I don't know. I don't know why I'm still mad. I was like, all right, as long as you know that I'm done. Like, and she hates that. She hates I get over it like that. Yeah. And it's not that I get over it. I just can't stay in that energy. I don't know what it is. I just mm-hmm. can't stay It'll block so many things Yeah, from from either happening or me doing something if I just stay and I ponder on that and I think about that. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. I just I don't have time. So when you do get angry, mm-hmm. and, and, and you, you said there have been five, maybe ten times in your entire life when you've been that angry, mm-hmm. what have been the things that have made you angry? Uh, continuous bouts of disrespect. Uh, blatant. Blatant disrespect. And... To the point of uh, endangering me or the people around me. It, it, not to the point like, oh, he's being disrespectful. He doesn't know who he, wh- what he's doing. Let's go ahead and leave. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, and that was the first, that's the first bout. Then you start talking and screaming and actually insulting either my children, my wife, or myself. Sure. Uh, and then that that's another level. And I'm still calm i don't want to do anything but i think you need to back away now you're actually challenging me in front of them you're actually in my face you're in my personal space right and i'm still trying to be calm so like it's it's literally levels that uh this one guy i remember this had to pass before i got there and i was still trying to bring it down and nobody was holding me back they were actually walking off and i'm still just trying to calm them down until he actually put his hands on me and i was like that's that's it that's the third one. There you go. Yeah. You wanted it. Here, here it is. Now, the bad part is when it comes, it doesn't cut off as easily as sure. the first three levels were. Sure. Like, this is now, it's, it's, it's going to continue mm-hmm. for, uh, until I'm finished. Mm-hmm. 
My wife figured that out too. Mm. She's like, you know, pulling you back and yeah, that was hard to do. I was like, yeah, I ain't see you. Yeah. Yeah, I I wasn't there. I don't know who that guy was. Yeah. So when you are out in the community mm-hmm. uh, and you put yourself in a place of vulnerability on, on the stage, mm-hmm. your your comedy comes from aspects of your life. Yes. Hyperbolic though they may be, there's still aspects of okay. your life. Uh, if if there's someone in the audience who heckles, mm-hmm. who disrespects you, how do you handle? Oh, how do I handle hecklers? Oh, yeah. ho, ho. <laughs> well, um, there's ways to put hecklers down. Like there's comedic ways to do it. Uh, a heckler at a, at a show would never get me to, out of character. Uh, I'm at a show. You just trying to be. I already know what the heckling is coming from. Mm-hmm. Like you either disagree with what I'm saying, and you want the rest of the room to know that you disagree, or you want to be the show. Mm-hmm. So just those two things. So I'm gonna give you both of those. Okay. I'm gonna let the people know that you don't agree with what I said, even though they may agree with you, but they're not gonna say it because they didn't stand up like you. Right. And two, they don't want to be a part of the show, so I'm gonna make you the show. And there's actually technical ways to take down a heckler in comedy like simple things I give you like two of them one if a heckler ever says anything to you understand you got the microphone they don't slowly repeat what they said just slowly do it and watch how stupid it sounds (laughs) just slowly repeat it and then go hmm the crowd is gonna turn then he's gonna feel like oh yeah now what's the next step what are you gonna do like cause you tried to be funny Mm -hmm. that didn't go for you Mm -hmm. you tried to be mean now you just sound Now, if he wants to keep talking, that's when the comedic genius comes out. That's where all the years of hanging with your friends mm-hmm. and them riffing on you, that's when that comes out. And I can see some of your, your insecurities on how you're just standing, what you came out with, the table that you had, the people that you sitting in front. I can see all of that. Because mm-hmm. a comedian does read a room. Mm-hmm. We know how to read a room. Matter of fact, we'll show up to a show early, watch all the outs sit down, see what you order. I can tell by what you order and like how you, the camaraderie with your table, who you are, mm-hmm. and what affects you, and then I'm gonna use that, mm-hmm. and then I'm gonna use it until you sit down, because you will, eventually, eventually, you will sit down. And guess what? Yeah. Our friend Terrence has witnessed that. <laughs> A lot of people don't do it no more. Yeah. 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 Uh, when it comes to community things, I imagine that your audience is a younger audience. Most of most uh, of the time. Uh, what's your read on young people, especially young African American people? Smart. Right now, I think the these 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 newer generations that we're getting, they are very very smart. They also sure of themselves. Like, I've never, I've, I, it's been a while since I've seen a generation that's sure that they, even if what they want to do is nothing, they are sure of it. Like, it's, you're not going to deter me. Like, our fathers, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're not going to deter me from doing what I want to do. Right. Even if you ridicule whatever I tell you I want to do, I'm still going to do it. They are so sure of themselves, which can be great and terrible at the same yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm listening to you describe that, and that's. 
I, I can see the great. I can see the upside. In mm-hmm. that. But I, I think I see more of a downside in, in that uh, because they lack experience. Absolutely. And, and, and while they don't necessarily value the experience that you try to share mm-hmm. with them, I think at some point, especially African-Americans, need the experience of the older generation to help keep them in, in, mindful of the fact that you're still black. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, I am very troubled by the fact that young people, uh, people your age, I consider you younger yeah. than me, young people your age and, 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 and below you, seem to forget that they're black. And, and when life reminds them <laughs> that they're black, they seem to be totally unprepared for it. For that. Yes. I don't think they forget that they're black. I think they don't want to have to deal with being black. How do you live and not deal with that reality? I know. I, I don't know. Uh, because you're going to see it at some point. And I'm talking about some point between the ages of birth and seven. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're going to get an experience of being black, especially here in the South. Yes. Especially here in the South. You're going to get it. I just don't, I think they are so, you know, when, when you look at the Internet and you look at social media, like, it, it could be an escape so much that you don't even want to have to deal with what's going on around you. That's what they do. And then when you get hit with this black experience, it's almost like it's, it's crippling. They're like, oh, can't believe the police is doing this. Yeah. They're like, this has been happening since the police was invented. Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. the beginning of time. Do you understand? Like, this is not new. It's like they're, they're blown away by it. And like you said, I agree. I believe the experiences of the older generation, just being told, would help. Like, I remember my dad telling me about how it was. Like, the Klan literally birthed out of Bogalusa, Louisiana. Where you live yeah. right now, Zachary, Louisiana. Absolutely. Was Klan territory. When Absolutely. I was a child, and the Baker is now majority black, mm-hmm. when I was a child, no Negro wanted to be caught after dark <laughs> in Baker. They still don't. <laughs> That's the bad boy. You know, that that was not the place. It's not the place to be. To be. Right. You know, and, and, and I'm older than you, but I ain't ancient, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I ain't collecting Social Security yet. <laughs> but, but but these things are, are very prevalent. They're very real, real today. And you don't have to wear a hood and carry a torch to be a Klansman. No. Most of them wear um, suits. Yes. Yeah. Ties. Yes. Uh, and being and a lot of them sometimes. stand in pulpits on Sunday morning. Yes. Yes. <clears throat> which which drives me Wild. bonkers because you got Negroes sitting out there listening to, to them the same thing on Sunday morning. Oh man, you preaching? Mm, yeah. You. Yeah, like, you preach the choir. <laughs> I don't care what you say, but do you, you you still got to understand that you have to wake them up? Sometimes it takes an event like what we went through here in Baton Rouge. You know, like, you know, the out in Sterling thing. Yes. Like, it takes an event like that to, like, oh, snap, we still here. Yes. Yeah, we are still here. And what are we going to do about it? Because I think our, our older generation, they did what they had to do. They got us here. Like, what are we going to do? Yeah. Like, that's that's the wake-up call that, that, that we need. 
You're, you, you, you were raised in the church. Yes. You and your wife still attend church. Yes. Uh, I'm assuming your children attend yes. church. Statistics show that with greater and greater frequency, African Americans are trending away from church, mm. slower than other ethnic groups, and much slower in the South than in other areas of the country. But the trend is still there, yeah. that, that we're drifting away from church. What is it that keeps you in the church? To my faith. I still believe in God, Jesus Christ. I'm sorry. Like, like that's, I believe in that. That's what I believe in. That's what saved me. I mean, not saying I believe it because cause I have this conversation. I got friends that don't believe in God. I got mm -hmm. friends that believe in God but don't believe in Jesus Christ. I got I, the whole plethora of them. Right. right. And they were they was like, so what makes you believe? And I was like, you can't just say faith because they were like, I have faith. I have faith. There's no God. And I was like, yeah, I, I understand, but I have an experience mm -hmm. of God. Mm -hmm. And once you experience it, there is no. There, right. Yeah, like it's just I, like it's I can't not even, philosophical no, anymore. No, it's not. <laughs> like it's, I can't put it on paper for you. Yeah. I can't say factually, oh, uh, this is the reason why that yeah. um, Jesus Christ died. I can't tell you that. I know the experience. And then I've seen the experience in the people around me. Mm -hmm. Like, I've seen God touch them, and they know it, mm -hmm. and they can't explain it. Like, so I, I don't think I—I'm not trying to convince my friends or uh, any other people, like, hey, you know, God, Jesus Christ exists. He saved us. I was like, I'll tell you that. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to have to convince you. You can be convinced mm -hmm. at the end. You know, mm -hmm. I don't think you want to learn then, but— mm -hmm. uh, but I know what I experienced, and wholeheartedly. Like, you cannot tell me that's not God. It's nothing. I, I don't care. Okay, you come with scientific information telling me this was the reason why, Howard, that, that experience happened. I was like, well, that's good to know. Mm -hmm. But, nah, that, that wasn't it. Yeah. I, as I said when, when we started uh, this recording, I'm a seeker. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to learn more through conversations with people who are not necessarily in my normal sphere of, of colleagues, friends, what have you. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm trying to learn how to reach a different generation of people. Uh, and so I have to acknowledge that I don't necessarily understand and a belief system, I guess I can understand it intellectually, but I don't understand it practically. Mm -hmm. A belief system that does not include the belief in a higher power, whether that higher power to you is God mm -hmm. or Jesus or some other, other God. Yeah. Uh, God. I, but this idea that, that we're all that that he is, that, that, You're crazy. that, 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 that it's just us. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't know how to respond to that. Right. It's... If you believe that, then wow. Like, just the, the, the complexities of our body should tell you there's a maker. Like, and anything out in the world naturally should tell you there's a maker. Like, this don't just happen. Uh, there's actually, I'm going to send you the post. Uh, I think I saved it. It's on Instagram. It's a little kid. He's a, I think he's an astrophysicist. He's a kid, 17 years old. Like, proved that there's a God. Like, I have, like, evidence there's a higher power. Mm -hmm. And he does, like, when you listen to it, you're like, wow, he, like, he talking about gravity, outside, time, he, 
he doesn't he was like that's how i know there's a god and i can i can fight any the smartest people in the world mm -hmm. and i was like this kid gets it yeah. he already knows that there's a god he's i'm just gonna prove it mm -hmm. like i was like man that's what i'm talking about we never tried to just prove it we're no. just telling people i experienced it. he was like i'm yeah. gonna prove well, it. well you know for me it's it, it's an unprovable uh, mm -hmm. it's 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 it is a matter of faith mm -hmm. uh and, and i I understand those who, who come from a different perspective. I understand those who evolve in a different way, who, right. who were raised in the church. A lot of people get hurt in the church, mm -hmm. and, and so they stay away from the church and they reject everything the about yeah. the church, including right. Jesus, God, everything right. else. Uh, people read different uh, books and, mm -hmm. and, and take on different ideologies over the span of their lives. Mm -hmm. And for them, Jesus doesn't fit into their paradigm of life. I, I yeah. understand, all of that I understand in my head. Mm -hmm. I don't understand the guy who says, we're, we're all that. We're alone. <laughs> like, this is you it. You don't make sense to me right yeah. now. I, I, I agree with you. Like, uh, and to, to piggyback off what you said about uh, African-Americans shying away from church, uh, I don't think they're shying away from actually church. I think they're shying away from religion. I think it's the control religion. I think what they, I don't think after learning, you know, information sometimes tarnishes as well as I, as, as well as informs. Like mm -hmm. sometimes you can get information that, that, that deter your faith. It can happen. Uh, and I believe like, you know, like taking it back to slavery. I, I didn't heard the hotel guys. I'm like, you know, you know the Bible. You know the Bible until we got here. I was like, yeah, you do know where the Bible originated from, though. Like, right. you know, you, you know, you can go back. We can. And by the way, that's not factual. Yeah. You know, it, it, <laughs> tell me, come on now. There were established churches in North Africa as early as 64 AD. Yes. So, so, so to act like we just got it when we got here. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's factually. What, what is it? The president calls it fake news. Fake news. It's fake news. Right. Yeah. Like, but if like, it's almost like they want to hear. What somebody's telling them, take it as, like, that is fact and truth. Yeah. And, like, I'm going to change my life off of what you just told me. Yeah. Instead of going out for yourself or experiencing God for yourself. Right. Like, won't you do it yourself instead of just following? Yeah. It's easy to follow nowadays, so. Do you ever have the opportunity to, to uh, I mean, I know you have a lot on your plate. Do you ever have the opportunity to speak to youth uh, away from the radio, away from your stage career, just serve as kind of a speaker, a mentor. Yes. Uh, when, when you have those conversations, what's on their minds? What, what is it that they want to talk about? Money. I asked Latangela about that, and, and, and so I'm interested in what your, your answer. Money. Okay. How, how to, to make it? How to make it. And how to keep it? Or yeah. just how to make it? Just how to make it and how to... <laughs> And how to, how because to, making it is one thing, one keeping thing, it keeping is something it, else altogether. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But literally, that's all. That's the questions I get. Money. How much you make doing that, man? Yeah. Oh, man, for real? How much money you can make? That, literally, just how much and whatever the, the rest of the question is. Wow. And all that tells me is that they just know that money equals happiness. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, think about it. In their world... It might for right now. Hmm. Like, they might be looking at their mom and dad and where they live and, like, well, if we had more money, this area of my life would be happier. And right. that's a that's an accurate equation if you right. think about it. Uh, I mean, you don't 
really understand what you know what joy is or, or until I, I i guess you get older you won't understand that like until you get out of that money situation mm-hmm. like once you get money and be like oh i'm still in the same place and then right. you understand that you got to find joy but literally those kids are probably in situations where money will equal happiness mm-hmm. i think that's why that question pops up all the time plus they don't see it are they aware of uh the social ills or or are, are they up on contemporary events are, are they up on on uh the school system local politics forget national politics oh local politics uh, no are, are they up on things that are going on in their own community no absolutely not only if it's bad they heard about somebody who got shot. They heard about somebody who got hurt. And they, and they got that from the street. So they don't watch the news? No, they got that from the street and the news. Okay. Because the news likes bad, too. Yeah. Matter of fact, they'll tell you all the bad first. Mm-hmm. Uh, and most people cut off the news after the bad is done. Yeah. And then they start talking about elections, like, right after that. And you can turn the channel. Mm-hmm. Like, believe me, it's, it's I still think it's done for a reason mm-hmm. like that. But understand they get their their shocking information like we're in a day and age with a what we in the it's not even a 24-hour news cycle anymore it's like 12 to 16 hours right a news story is dead in 16 hours right without even being fact-checked right <laughs> like we're not even talking about it like it's a hashtag and it's gone so understand that this generation is getting the news and it's old by the end of the day mm-hmm. they moved on and then it's not even news they supposed to be getting. Like they, it's not even news they need. Mm-hmm. Like I think if they knew we was voting on schools getting a budget for them to increase either their computer labs or anything happening to their schools, I think they would be interested in it. But they're not gonna be told that. They're gonna hear if their boy got shot in seven oh eight oh five. I went to a meeting yesterday uh, at a local high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, principal asked for clergy in this area to come to the meeting. Uh, He was there. His administrative staff was there. Mm -hmm. Ten or eleven pastors were there. Okay. They wanted to talk about football. (laughs) And it was frustrating to me that this is what we're talking about. We're talking about football. Mm-hmm. Uh, the school is declining academically. Okay. Uh, Do you mind me asking why the focus was football? Uh, well, because the football team was sanctioned by the Louisiana uh, High School Athletic Association. And that's the only reason. And so their kids are not eligible to play for a championship this year. I understand. And they had to pay a certain amount of money. Amount of money and fines. And many of the clergy who were there mm-hmm. are alums of the school. Okay. And so one of the questions was how are we gonna pay that money? These are how we? Yeah. How how are we gonna pay that money? As a community? As, as, as a school and, and alums, uh, they wanted to know how the school was going to handle that that fine. They wanted to know how the kids were going to react if they couldn't play for a championship. Uh, That's what the conversation was about. 
That sounds like an alumni. <laughs> it, it, the, it, it troubled me. We did talk about other things. Okay. But it troubled me that that was the first thing. First agenda. That, 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 was, that was discussed. And it lasted way longer. Than what it was supposed uh, to. Than it should have. Okay. In my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, but. Yeah. If, 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 if you're tailing off academically, if, 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 if your school is, is academically trailing, mm -hmm. if you're behind in technology, don't you think those are things that we might want to Just be talk talking about. about as opposed to Football. what happens if, if, if we don't play for, it, play for the championship? Not make it. No, no. Not make it to the championship. No. Just play yeah. and see if we can. Yeah. If. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, and I, I bring that up because my concern is about awareness mm -hmm. and priorities. Okay. Uh, in my opinion, the church, I'm talking about clergy. All right. We're at this room. We're in this room. Yeah. Clergy. Clergy. We're yeah. in this room. And clergy who pastor folk. Yeah. who deal with daily issues of life, struggling to make ends meet mm -hmm. with not enough money and working too many hours and having to work multiple jobs. Yes. Uh, but the conversation was about high school football. football. If that's what we're focusing on, then how can we possibly expect kids kids to focus on something else other than that that's true it's troubling to me thank and, god and, and, and i'm just interested i'm venting to you yeah, but, yeah. but but i'm interested in your thoughts on that <clears throat> well thank was there kids in the room no thank god uh my my you could take it two ways this is this is my comedic head doing that because I always look at both sides one uh, you can actually say that it is a a mismanagement of of of, of a meeting and a time for, for what we're talking about right now like it's more dire needs that need to be talked about than this yeah this is a, a issue but not the issue like I get that then on the other hand I understand that the way this school can attract and keep this community and the kids in it so they can do something about it is with a sport. Mm -hmm. And I understand that. It's, it's almost like enticing a kid with candy and giving them vegetables. Like, I understand. Like, believe me, I, I wanted to go to a certain high school because of athletics not knowing what I was going to learn there. Mm -hmm. Like, it's the same thing. So I understand that, you know, athletics does play a part in getting and keeping uh, certain students and student-athletes and your community together in order to move it to another level. On the other hand, if it's already bad, <laughs> like, uh, you know, like, if, if, if you already know the sanctions are there, you already know that we owe this, we already know that. All right, cool. Those are definites. You know what else is definite? We are a failing school. Yes. 
and uh, we also need these are definite as well. Yes. So, uh, yeah, athletics. Um, no, nah, I would I would like for my student athletes to be able to pass. Receiving education, yeah, receiving <laughs> education, and you know, if they choose to continue their education at a at a higher learning facility, but the principal informed us that the graduation rate at that school was a little bit over sixty four percent, which means that two, uh, a third of each graduating class is not graduate is not graduate, hmm. and we're talking about football. Football, and if there's a, and I know I'm coming across as a smart ass right now. It's, it's okay. I'm, I'm really not trying to. It's just troubling to me. It is that we waste opportunities to get things done. To you're in front of the administration of the school. Yeah, you rarely get that at their invitation. Yes, they ask you to be. And there. we're talking about football. Football. I don't. How do you keep your cool in there? I get up and walk out, and and, and, then I, and then I come and sit and talk to you a day later, and I tell you, you know, all they were doing was talking about football. <laughs> oh, that, God. That, that, that's what I did. Oh, absolutely, God. absolutely. And look, understandably so, maybe they're not on that level yet. They should be. And you see, when, when, when you say that, then I come off like I'm... Pompous. I think I'm so yeah yeah, and I really don't I, I don't feel that way. I you're not that, and I love football. I'm, I'm I, I love my Dallas Cowboys. I, oh, I you a Dallas I Cowboy can't stand fan? Jerry Jones. Oh Man, my just god! Just look around the room you're in. I got cowboy banners yeah. all over the place. Uh, I, I can't stand Jerry Jones. Dak Prescott has hugely disappointed me. Oh you know uh, he was just uh, reading. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Don't do that. But 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 I'm I'm a cowboy fan. Okay. My father took me to Southern University football games from the age of six until he couldn't go anymore, and, and I was 48 years old, still going. And I, and I took my son to those games. I love football. Hey, my dad uh, was the quarterback. <laughs> Is that right? Yes. But you can't tell me that it's more important to talk about kids playing. Ball, then he's talking about kids <clears throat> getting diplomas. I know. I know. And maybe since they, they, maybe since it was on the agenda, like we're going to talk about it, <laughs> made it okay. Maybe like, oh, we're going to talk about education soon, as soon as we finish this football discussion. As <laughs> soon as we figure out we're going to pay these fees, yeah. we're going to get right on this diploma stuff. Yeah. And, and, and economics and everything else, man, and credits. We're going to figure this thing out. <laughs> but right now, we got to figure out how we're going to compete for a championship. Yes. And it's, it's like it's off a TV show. Yeah. It, it really is. Yeah. It really is. And, and so I'm asking you about how young people think, and I'm venting to you about how not-so-young people are thinking, and, um, peop and people <clears throat> who are in positions of responsibility and leadership. And I find that troubling. It is troubling. Uh, I think young people are, and and this is me just even having conversations with my nephew, who uh, just graduated from, um, I think, said school you're talking about. Uh, and I have another nephew, uh, literally two years older than the one that just graduated, but he graduated out of Trinity in Dallas, and the conversation is totally different. Like you can. 
and, and and it's not like they didn't grow up like differently. Like mm-hmm. you know, my my uh, older nephew was actually in East Baton Rouge Parish Schools until he was about ten, and then he moved. But you can tell like almost what they're surrounded by just by conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, like and that's not to put any, you know, put down our schools here and, and what we surround ourselves with. Not it's just that maybe we just don't have it to surround ourselves with. Mm-hmm. And if we can, like I, I know it's hard for the administration, like for your like you looking at the administration like this is what we can surround our kids with and they up here talking about Yeah. <sighs> Football. Yeah. Um, the kids don't really I don't think they care about that yeah the student athletes do I'm serious like they do student athletes do uh, they do care about that the only reason they care about that is because it it gets them an opportunity to go and play for a university mm-hmm. that's the only reason they care mm-hmm. they don't care I'm, most student athletes do not care about a state championship because they are just waking up to find out that these people do not care about you. So treat them like they treat you. Mm-hmm. You want to treat me like a commodity? I'm going to treat you like a commodity. Yeah. I'm hurt. Yeah. Are you? Mm, I, I say I am. Like, so they understand that I got to use you mm-hmm. to get what I want as well, just like you're using me. Mm-hmm. These kids are figuring that out early. So that kind of transactional relationship where, where everybody's using everybody else, mm-hmm. it's the definition of capitalism. Yeah. And, of course, America is a capitalist Who? nation. Do you find it as troubling as I do that capitalism not only drives the nation, drives business, but to a large extent drives the church? Yes. Matter of fact, I can tell you that's why a lot of people move from it main reason like they really cannot wrap their brains around uh, I should say mega churches and your mega churches in a community that needs help and you're not helping mm-hmm. like it's turned a lot of people around like really and for people that's not strong in faith, they will move, they will leave, they will be deterred to not know. I mean, they don't know that like it's that's just a messenger. Mm-hmm. He's just giving you the word. Mm-hmm. You don't follow that man. You follow that you know the right. man. Right. And but it's hard to tell people that who's just sitting there watching as a few people get rich while the rest actually suffer not even a few people get rich and then there's a section of people that are moderately okay it's these few people get rich and then everybody else is suffering yeah and that that's that's tough for a lot of people to to get through especially in church because they see it in the world they shouldn't see it here yeah so i'm not naive i know that Churches can't operate without money. I've, I, this is all I've done. Yeah, my, absolutely. My they, life. You, you need money in order. To, there's dude, no ministry without money. But it's, it's one thing to use money as a commodity to provide ministry. It's another thing for money to be gathered and hoarded Hoard, yeah, for, for, for the personal wealth of a select few. few. A few. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Because I believe a church should do 
I mean, there's mega churches out there that are doing what they're supposed to do. You're creating jobs, you're creating opportunities. Right. And you, they are doing what they're supposed to do, right. doing and probably need more money to do more. Right. Because I I run a budget for my house. Yes, sir. And uh, whoo. Yes, sir. And that's just my little, you know, sixteen hundred square feet. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I don't have pews. Uh, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or yeah. uh, uh, musical instruments everywhere, and uh, you know, like I I don't. And I know all that costs. I know all of that costs money. Yeah. Anybody that's anybody that thinks that everything is donated in the church is crazy. Right? Y'all do mind. Right. I, I don't know what like you're living in. I don't know what what, what country you what in. What planet you come from? You come from. <clears throat> yeah. Believe me, there's not manufacturers that manufacture pianos and say, you know what, we just gonna donate. Right. Yes. Yes. No, they're not doing it. Yeah. They do it for profit. Yeah. And. If they doing it for profit, which means we had to purchase it, so what did we purchase it with? Yes. It's simple. All right? So that's understandable. But I think to this, you know, like you said, the generation, most, you know, African-Americans that's around this age where they get information and they just get deterred from, you know, the capitalism of, of some churches is they looking at it on the outside. Mm-hmm. Like just they see it as something they that they don't want to become. Or be affiliated with, so they deter from it. That's what I see, and it's because of what they see in the world. Mm-hmm. So if they see it in the world, and the one place I'm not supposed to see it is in church, right? It affects them, right? Especially if they see it every Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> every Sunday it'll, yeah. it'll start itching at you a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, if I were to take my wife to your show, your comedy mm-hmm. show. What what would I be in store for? Oh man, let's see. Hmm. Let's talk about tonight. I have a show tonight, so I'll just bring you through my set list. Okay. Uh my set list would be about uh first of all the ride up there and talking about why our infrastructure here in Baton Rouge is not what it's supposed to be. <laughs> Apparently like why we have traffic at one thirty. On, on a Friday yeah. with, with no major event and school's not in. Yeah. Explain to me. With no wrecks. <laughs> Ain't nobody wrecked. Yeah. We just slowing down. Yeah. Uh, that's the first thing. Second thing would be uh, my marriage. Uh, just basically about marriage. I, I could be generalizing. Basically, I can tell anybody in the room that's 60% of the room is married. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, which I also give jokes to singles because you can also be like, oh, don't do this. Oh, do this. Oh, mm-hmm. Wait till your time. I have jokes about that. After the marriage, I'm talking about actual uh, things that you deal with within a marriage, which single people deal with. Like I talk about banking. Oh, just the basics of banking or the basic terminologies of banking. Like I take certain terms that banks tell you and just tell you that like the vocabulary is a little bit off than what we were taught. Like a, a current balance and an available balance, like that doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> doesn't make sense to me either. It don't, because I know the definition of current yeah. and available. <laughs> yeah, and they are very similar. Yes, they are. But yet in a bank, no, it don't. That that must be two different things in the banking. <laughs> I don't know if they they must not read Webster's. It yeah. must be something else. <laughs> they dictionary is different. Yes. Uh. And I, I, I like, and I, I riff about that. I riff about, um, I even riff about uh, drugs, like drug laws, a little bit, uh, like saying that uh, 
our laws need to need to make sense with common sense. Mm-hmm. As in, like, uh, I do a joke about uh, uh, the the law of possession and intent to distribute. Uh, I don't like I don't like that intent to distribute thing because uh, the joke is like if you catch me with something and it's mine, it's mine. You can't make me an entrepreneur because you think I'm one. Like you made me a business owner, yeah. straight off because of, of what I had. Right. You must be <laughs> distributing this because of all. It's too much for it's you to just, use on your own. I, and and the, my joke is like, how could you say that's what Sam's and Costco is? <laughs> that's exactly the same thing. So if you catch me with a thousand oranges, am I selling these things? <laughs> Uh, do I just like oranges And I just want to have a lot of them Because I don't want to go back to the store And I'm not saying That's that funny. The, it's like I'm not saying that the use of the drug Is, is, is good I'm not it. saying that I'm saying don't give that man that Did he have it? Yes Yeah. Is he selling it? You don't know that Does he have receipts? <laughs> do you see business cards anywhere? You can And I like that law Doesn't make sense to me Yeah Uh I also talk about uh still on on banking. I don't I don't like when hotels uh they when you give them your card and they put that little that little hold on it. Yeah. I don't I don't understand yeah. what the hold is cuz I paid for the room. Yeah. The room paid for. Yeah. It's all it's a, it's a it's a um incidental hold like for incidentals. I was like I didn't ask for that. <laughs> I didn't ask for incidentals. You can take that out of my room. <laughs> He's like, no, just anything happen. I was like, nothing's gonna happen. <laughs> like, I don't understand. That don't make sense to me. I stayed at that hotel an extra six days. <laughs> They're like, how? Why are you here? I said, that's how much you took off my car. You took a week and a half off my car. We stand here eating breakfast every day. <laughs> me and my kids, we gonna drive up. We gonna eat breakfast, and y'all got dinner at six, right? Six. <laughs> so I talk about all of that, like. Like it's it's regular stuff that affects you. You see, see, you know it because yeah. you've been through it. Yes, you I just have. didn't know it was that funny. Yeah, that's what yeah. I do. Yeah, you didn't know. You're a very funny man. That's stress. That's stressful. You're, you're a very funny man. <laughs> oh, they don't care how stressful. I it is. they don't. Could not care oh less. Oh my God! They'll call you on the little headset and just. And the amazing thing is how they go from being friendly <laughs> to being a collector. <laughs> In a flash. In a flash. They'll be your friend and call you by your first name. As soon as they find out that your check ain't going to clear, <laughs> a change A change is in a voice. Oh, my God. Yeah. You're not friendly no more, Alfred. No. What happened? <laughs> now that we know the past due balance won't be paid today. <laughs> like, oh, God. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. So that's it's like a... It's almost like I can see into your life mm-hmm. and pick moments out of it, and I put it in an hour on stage. And you leave there knowing that you are not alone. You feel the same way. Yeah. You said earlier that if you had to choose between radio and comedy, you would choose comedy hands down. Hands down. Does it trouble you that in order to move to the next level in comedy, you have to leave Baton Rouge to do it? Or do you think that you have to leave Baton Rouge to to do that? Maybe I'm making an assumption. I would I will mm, I will insert something that's in the middle of that. 
if you leave Baton Rouge to do it, you may have a better chance of doing it a little bit quicker. Okay. I don't think you have to. I think it will happen here. I do believe that. Uh, and it's happening. Like, I, I can honestly say two of my best friends who I've actually mentored and brought in the game, uh, one named A.O., comedian A.O., and uh, comedian Carissa Cropper, they were selected for the Kevin Hart Heart of really? the City okay. showcase from in New Orleans. Like, we went to New Orleans showcase, and they were chosen. And they're from here. Good. They didn't have to move. And I believe it's it's coming. And I, I believe it's going to shine a light on what town. And believe me, we got a plethora of talent here mm-hmm. in Baton Rouge. Like, a, a, a lot. We got a lot of pa- talent that left. <laughs> uh that that is from here and won't say they're from here. Like, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, you are. Saw you at South Boulevard, man. I know. So, it's. I I don't believe you have to move, but if you just want to fast track that, mm-hmm. yeah. But to to throw some faith in that, uh, it'll be in his time. So, regardless. Do you have the acting bug? Yes. Got that too. Okay. I noticed that a lot of rappers have become actors and very well-known yeah. actors, very good actors. Because uh, they know they can't rap forever. <laughs> <laughs> they see these actors. Look, look at Morgan Freeman. He's 100. Yeah. <laughs> He's still acting, man. Yeah. And, uh, you know, c- comedians have made that jump also. I, I, mm-hmm. I didn't know whether that was something that you uh, Well, it's, to. it's still in the, uh, I should say, it's still in the realm of comedy. Like you, you still want to play a character. You still want to do that. So I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm there. I still do it. Like, is, uh, you only as big as you make the role. So I mean that, you gotta understand. Denzel Washington still does plays. Yeah. Like. Yeah. So why you can't do one? In fact, you, he went out of his way to do it. Yeah. You know, yeah. like I, I, I still say that. I was like, so you, these little local plays and everything that's coming to you, like, ain't no audition. Why? Yeah. yeah. Why? You think you're too good? I don't think you're going to make it. Like, how about that? Like, you're like, I, I just think, like, man, you take on them roles. You, that bug is already in you. You're a mm-hmm. comedian. You're already performing. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's another avenue, I believe. Let me ask you one other question, yeah. and, and, and I'm going to wrap this up, and, and I really appreciate your time. I oh, enjoyed no the conversation. Uh, we talked earlier about some comedy, a lot of comedy coming out of tragic situations. Mm-hmm. Uh, not so long ago, I guess it's been about a year now, Robin Williams took his life, mm-hmm. uh, who most people consider to be a comedic genius. genius. I don't know how you feel about him, but He's a, genius. a lot of people feel like he was a comedic genius. Uh, it seems that a lot of artists, not just comedians, actors, musicians, uh, vocal performers, whatever you want to call them, mm-hmm. they... they they're looking for a way to cope with their pain. And when they finally decided, I can't find it, they opt out. Mm-hmm. And it's not like they're the only people who commit suicide. Right, no. But you hear about it more yeah. when, when it It's happens. publicized with them. Yeah, yeah. To, to one of them. When you're with your colleagues, mm-hmm. does this conversation ever come up? No. And it should. I will. I will say that locally, I, I don't know how it is uh, on the road. Rarely, because you don't have that much time with with people. But locally, we actually have a we got a close knit. We're we're friends. 
Like, if we see one down, we'll be like, hey, you okay? Mm-hmm. Is everything good? Like, we will do that. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's a good thing. Even if they lie, like, just the ask is still better than just not doing anything. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, but uh, we should do more of it, I believe. I don't think uh, it's talked about enough. I don't think it's discussed enough. Uh I mean, you think about it, it's a mental health issue. I'm glad you said that because that was going to lead me to my next question about this. I was with someone yesterday, uh, older person, older than I am, so uh, uh, much older than you are, mm-hmm. uh, uh, who, who made the statement that black people don't believe in mental health issues. They, they don't believe in counseling. They don't believe in therapy. Uh, and I know that that's been the cliche for a long time time mm-hmm. do you still think that that's the case that there's not enough uh emphasis placed on uh mental health care you know we, we we all want to make sure that we can go to the doctor when we're physically ill right uh do we put enough emphasis on on mental health emotional health psychological health no we need and do we put enough emphasis on it no could we put them? Yes, most definitely. Do you think that the church is the enemy of mental health? Because I've heard some people say, people always talk about if you just have faith, you don't need to go to the doctor, you don't need to go. <sighs> but then faith without works is there. It's so yeah. many different, like, I don't want to say it's the enemy of. No. It's, uh, I think they are contingent on one another. Like, you need to have that. Like, you, you can't, you can have faith, but also, like, God could be telling you, go to the doctor. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, like, that, that, that old story where the woman on, like, stranded on top of a house with a yeah. flood. Yeah, And yeah. three people with boats came on, and then she died, and he was like, God, why didn't you save me? I sent three people with yeah, boats. Yeah, yeah. Three people. Yeah. You know, it's like, no, like, I, I don't believe the church is the enemy of mental health. Good. I believe that mental health is makes them believe that that's all they need mm-hmm. seriously they already have the issue and it's already affecting them they don't think they need it i mean and i mean if you're in a i should say a household or community that doesn't do that why would you go mm-hmm. parents was fine you don't know that they fine <laughs> but they going through the same problems. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, me and my wife, we go to counseling every other month. We call it maintenance. That's what it That's is. That's good. Yeah. It's maintenance. I love Barbara Green. Like, that's how, and then I go by myself because I need that maintenance. You need somebody to talk to and about your issues. Some issues, everybody ain't, like, you're not perfect. Like, right. something's going on. Right. And it's something you're not telling either your best friend or your spouse or your brother. Or your, something. So you need to talk to someone, get that worked out. You don't want to hold all that in. Yeah. And if you don't know they don't do, like, if you don't know that people do this, you would think that they just supermen and superwomen and they just, like, that's why me and my wife, we try to tell, we tell everyone, no, mm-mm, we, we talk all the time. Yeah. To somebody else, like yeah. literally, like if we didn't, it would it would be World War Three. Like you can't have all that internal stuff going on and still be okay on the outside. Eventually, it's gonna come on the outside, and it, and that's what we've been seeing on TV. If you think about it, yeah. So, 
No, mental health and I think mental health and faith should work together. Together. Should be. Hopefully we 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 get into a point, I should say in in our communities where that's one and the same, where it's here. Mm-hmm. Like it's actually given here. I have enjoyed this conversation, mm-hmm. and I'm sorry that it's taken this long for me to get to meet you. Hey, look, man, God's timing <laughs> is impeccable. Yeah. 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 I'm going to blame Terrence because Terrence is, <laughs> Terrence is around here all the time, and, 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 and it, it took us 27 shows before he wow. before he brought you hey, up. Hey, man, 27. You know, 27 shows before you know he brought what? you up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. At least it has the number of completion in the number. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I'm not yeah. saying, but no, nah, man, I'm glad. But thank you so much. This won't be the last sir. either. I look forward to it. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for viewing. We'll be back next time. Yeah.